Today on the School of Podcasting, we got more insights into how Apple works. We're going to be talking about that. And from time to time, we talk about those kind of hard to ask questions when it comes to shaping our content. And I got done reading a book called The Narrative Gym, Introducing the ABT Framework for Messaging and Communication. And we've got another question that when we hear it, we go, you, that's, that's a hard one to answer. And yet we really need to be able to answer this question. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. We talk about how to plan, launch, grow, and if you want to, monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. You can use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And, of course, that subscription comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Well, as I mentioned, Apple, and i got to give them credit. Like, let's give the old salute to Apple for being more transparent, communicating with their customers, and letting us know more about how Apple works with your podcast. And so they now have two articles out. And the one, uh, we're going to talk about both of these, but this one is, and we talked about this, I think, a couple months ago, Apple Podcast Charts, because so many people say, hey, rate and review us, it helps us get found. And the reason they think it helps them get found, because ratings and reviews somehow boost you up the charts. And Apple has put out an article that said, this is what gets you up the charts, listening So when listeners are engaging with the episodes, it's an indicator of content popularity. Follows, which is why you should be asking people to follow you in Apple Podcasts. We'll talk about that in just a second. And, and this is my favorite, completion rate. When listeners complete episodes, it's an indicator of content quality because they're making it all the way through. Now, this doesn't mean, I know, I'll just make a two-second podcast. Let's not be silly now, shall we? But they even have a paragraph here that says, although ratings, reviews, and shares also help indicate a podcast newness, popularity, and quality, they are not factored into the algorithm that determines the rankings for the top shows and top episodes. In other words, they may not help people find a podcast on their own, but they influence whether people will listen or follow, and those factors influence the charts. For these reasons, it's important for creators to encourage listeners to leave a rating and review for their show on Apple Podcasts and share an episode with someone who will enjoy it. But again, they specifically say, hey, this is not in the algorithm. So we know what gets us up the charts. Now they've come out and said, hey, this is how search works at Apple. And we've I've been saying this for years. It is the title of your show, the title of your episodes, and the author field. So they have this now officially from Apple. It says, search finds the best possible match to your search term and presents the most relevant results at the top. 
Some of the main factors that Apple Podcasts uses to order your search results include metadata. So this includes, again, you guessed it, I just said it, the show name, the channel name, and episode title. Popularity. Now, if you're like me, I don't have a channel. Maybe I should make one. But usually it's just the show name and the episode title. Popularity, which is basically podcasts with large followers. Here we go back to following, subscribing, whatever you want to call it. They now call it following. And plays in Apple Podcasts. So how many people actually clicked play? And if they're following IAB guidelines, a play only counts when someone is listened to at least a minute. And then user behavior. Podcasts with a high engagement, such as those that are played or followed from search results. So people find you, they see your description, they follow you. Apple's like, hmm, that's interesting. And then they have, again, a paragraph that, well, I'll just read it. Like charts, while ratings and reviews and shares help indicate a podcast newness, popularity, and quality, they are not factored into search results. So ratings and reviews don't factor into search. Ratings and reviews do not factor into chart placement. And my buddy Joe Salcihai and I did an episode on this on how what ratings and reviews do. It's kind of like Yelp. It is social proof. And so we should care about them as long as we realize it doesn't affect search and it doesn't affect ranking. So straight from the horse's mouth, that's what Apple has now said. So you can please quit saying, hey, please leave us a rating and review. It helps us get found. I want to kind of repeat myself. I realize I do this, but you may be new to the show. So just a quick refresher. I often say that creating a podcast isn't hard. It's just not. There are so many tools now out there that it makes it so easy to record your thoughts and put them out. But I also say creating a good podcast does take some time. And I just checked a poll I'm doing on Twitter, and 37% of people never get feedback on their show. And and what I mean by that is someone not named mom and someone that you didn't grow up with, you need some feedback on this. And what I want to share with today is, now this isn't going to fit everyone's podcast, but the one new question I want to add will, and that is if you're doing any kind of narrative story, and I realize on one hand you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm just interviewing people. Well, still, many cases we're trying to pull a story out of a guest into the show. And so even if you're not doing fiction and writing stories, this can pertain to you. And so there is a a book, I just mentioned it, The Narrative Gym, and he calls it the ABT Framework, and that stands for and, but, and therefore. And so the kind of generic version of this was blank, and blank, but blank, therefore blank. And he said, here's a sample. He said, there are 50 acres of woods next to my house, and 
it's a beautiful property, but a developer is going to turn it into a housing development. Therefore, uh, blah, blah, blah. Now, NPR has a similar formula called the story matrix. And so they explain it like this. Someone is doing something and they're motivated in this activity by this. But, but, so there's, but again, but then this happens. And really it's the, but that makes the story. There's probably a joke there, but we won't go there. But, but then this happens. And so they have to do this. And therefore, this, which leads to this, whatever that is. And finally, you're not going to believe this, but this. So if you listen to a NPR story, you're going to hear a lot of, and this happened, and you're not going to believe it, but holy cow. And then whole, this happened. They use this a lot. And then the other thing they add, and this is the one we're going to talk about today. And the reason it matters deeply not just matters, it matters deeply to everyone I'm trying to reach with a story is this. And those are called stakes. What makes people think about that? So in the book, again, the narrative Jim, he just says it this way. Why should we care? In other words, the person listening, why should they care about your show? And when I heard it, I was like, yee, that's a little harsh. It's, it's a little harsh. And so it's, he even says, look, this is potentially an obnoxious thing to say, but it is the real world. You have to face up to it. If you want people to be interested in your narrative, if somebody asks you, why should I listen to this show? You kind of need to be able to go, well, here's why. You know, why should I care about this? What's important to it? And what people, I think, miss, myself included here, so I'm kind of preaching to the choir, I don't think I did it. I did an episode a while back on Spotify. It might have been last week even, and how they had this kind of investor meeting, and they really just sugarcoated, as you might expect at an investor meeting. They sugarcoated some things, and I pointed out, kind of the other non-sugar-coated items. And I'm not sure I explained. I always explain how Anchor in the early days kind of pulled the wool over people's eyes, whether that was on purpose or not or whatever. But I try to explain like, hey, here's why this matters. And I'm not sure I did that in the last episode as much as I do. And let me explain to you how stakes make it pulls your audience in, whether you're doing nonfiction or fiction or whatever it is. And it's kind of interesting. I will tell you, the more you study storytelling, the more you study content. And that's really what I've been uh, reading a lot of books on. I'm interviewing Tamson Webster this week. I'm excited about that. So I've been reading her book. And the more you understand great content, the more it ruins your ability to watch content, watch TV, watch movies, for lack of a better phrase, like a normal person. (laughs) Yes, when you become a podcaster, you're not normal. And so what I mean by this is I'm watching right now, and it's actually a a really good show. It's called um, Hacks 
on HBO, so you have to have HBO. It stars Gene Smart, who was on Designing Women Forever Ago. Uh, you ready for this? If you're wondering, just that was 1985 to 1999, and she played Charlene on that show. Well, in this particular show called Hacks on HBO, she is more or less based on, loosely, Joan Rivers. She's an aging comedian, female comedian, who is selling trinkets and such on what appears to be some sort of, you know, uh, TV, whatever it is, home shopping work, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And there, she shares a manager with a young Gen Xer writer, and the manager thinks they both should work together. Now, does that make you want to listen to it? An old, an older woman and a younger woman might work together. Yeah. Okay. Next. What else you got, Dave? Here's the thing. Now let's add in the stakes. An older comedian who has been maybe writing her own coattails for a while and is starting to lose her popularity as the queen of Las Vegas, where she's been in this hotel forever. You know, she owns the stage. She does multiple shows a week. And basically they're saying, hey, your act is getting a little tired and we're going to pull your days at the hotel. You're basically going to lose your gig. So there's the stakes for her. The young actress said something wrong on Twitter. And of course, the world went crazy and nobody will hire her because, well, she's a woman with an opinion and we, we just can't have that. That's ridiculous. And that's how fun Twitter is. And so they do both share a manager and the young Gen Xer can't get any work anywhere. And her only option that the manager is saying we should try this is to work with this older comedian. And the older comedian is like, I don't need any help with writing. I've been doing this for uh, forever years. I don't need this. But she knows that maybe she should because They've been telling her, we're going to pull your dates. So the young writer flies to Las Vegas and meets the kind of cranky, older female comedian, and you guessed it, hijinks ensues. So now there are stakes because, hey, if this job doesn't work for the young writer, she might have to get out of writing because everybody hates her because she probably made a joke and Jokes are illegal now in the world. And the older comedian woman is also in a situation where if she doesn't try something new, she's going to probably lose her you know, stint at this giant hotel where she's been the queen forever. So those are now the stakes. And you might have people now that identify with the younger writer. You might identify with the older comedian and you start to care about the characters. And so it's those stakes that pull you in. Like, why should I care about this? Well, that woman seems very nice, and she's done a lot, and she's she's grown up and had to put up with a lot of crap in the entertainment industry and sexual harassment, and she's a, you know, she's a tough old bird, doggone it, is probably how she would describe it. And then you got this young Gen Xer who is, 
uh, lesbian. So we've got that difference. And that's the kind of cool thing about this show is they are having those uncomfortable conversations about, Hey, old person back in the day. Yeah. That whole thing, uh, versus I'm a young person and this is how we think. And what do you mean? You don't know how to send a text message kind of thing. So it's, and, and so when I watch this, uh, series, there are two, uh, seasons out. The minute it started and that first episode, they're like, I don't want to work for you. I don't need you. I've been doing this forever. I'm like, these people are going to be best buddies by the end of this uh, show. And already, spoiler alert, shocking, they actually start working together. And, oh, you know, you might just learn something. But it's the stakes that make the story come to life. It's the stakes of why should I care about this that kind of thing that pulls the listener in and it's a harsh question and it may not work on every show, but we should maybe start asking ourselves, why should we care about what we're talking about? And this goes back to my days of getting my teaching degree. I specialized in technical education. I have a bachelor's degree and I've been teaching technology forever and one of the things in teaching, if you're especially if you're teaching adults, and most of us are doing podcasts for adults, is you have to explain why. Humans want to know why, especially adults. Kids, not so much. You can go one plus one equals two, and they go, okay, and they run out the door. With uh, adults, you go one plus one equals two, and they're like, well, how do you know that's true? And you're like, oh, holy cow. So adults really want to know why, and that why can help pull them in. Now, back on episode 758, I interviewed Jack Reicher from the Darknet Diaries, and he gets like eight gazillion downloads a minute with his podcast. I think it was, it's it's like six figures per episode. And he talked about how when he started his show, he created a survey and he found people that were not named mom to listen to his show. And so I'm going to kind of repeat this. If you heard that episode, I apologize for the repeat, but it's it's something to think about. So the first thing he asked people is, did you listen to all of the episode? And we want that answer to be yes. But he says, if not, how far did you listen? Because that's something else we want to know. You can get that information, by the way, in uh, Podcast Connect by Apple. You can get it in Podcast Manager from Google, and I believe you can get it in Spotify. Uh, so if you're ever wondering that, it's a bummer that we can't get it in one place, but it is what it is. So did you listen to all the episode? If not, how far did you listen? And then why did you stop? Because again, the answer might be, well, the baby needed changed. Or it might be, you were boring. So we need to know why did you stop? And then this lets you know if they really listen to the episode, and that is what's the main takeaway. So, yeah. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. What was the main takeaway? And then how likely are you to tell someone about the show? And he, I believe he put that one on a scale from one to 10. And I remember him saying he wasn't really happy unless he was getting nines because nine is a passing. That's, that's an A and he wants a, a level show. And so you might, if it pertains to your show, ask people, why should people care about this episode and see what they say? It's just a thought. 
And when I heard that, and I remember the kind of formula for the NPR thing, I'm like, this is the second time I've heard this, why should people care? Or what was the NPR had the, they really need to really care. It was uh, deeply. And the reason it matters deeply to everyone is in the NPR formula. So sometimes thinking about stuff like that can take the fun out of podcasting because you're like, oh, hmm, well, um, I don't know. I just had a conversation. And I realize some of us are just doing this for fun. You just want to talk about Batman in the basement. And I took it down, and I'm not quite sure. Well, I know why. Somebody was in a Facebook group and said, hey, I'm thinking of starting a podcast about a bowling league that this person and I believe their brother was on. And I was like, who is going to listen to that? And because I deal with a lot of people that start a podcast and after about 17 to 19 minutes, they are asking me, how do I monetize this thing? And I'm like, you don't have an audience yet. And so I kind of jumped the gun here and I thought, oh, if this person starts a podcast about their bowling league and then comes back and goes, okay, how do I monetize this? Which you might be able to get the bowling alley, by the way, that they bowl at as a sponsor. That might be one way. But I I kind of jumped the gun. My baggage got the best of me. And later I thought about this. I was like, well, if you think about it, there are four people on a bowling team. And let's say there are 10 teams. That is 40 people that could listen to this podcast. And you could maybe interview each member of the team, depending on how many weeks the the league is. You could talk about the scores and who's in the top place. You could treat it like a major sport, whether it's hockey or football or football. Uh, I'm I'm saying football twice because we have that whole soccer thing going on. And but except it's it's the local roll away lanes Tuesday night bowling league, and there might be twenty people or forty people that really like that because it does have that definition of content you can't get anyplace else. I'm pretty sure if you start a podcast about the Rollaway Lanes Tuesday night uh, summer league, I don't think you're going to go, ah, crap, somebody else did a podcast about this. And that's what might make it special, fun. There'll be some stakes in there. Well, so-and-so broke their arm or whatever. You never know. And so uh, if you saw that post... I do have a slight regret on that because there are some things you could do with this show as long as before you even post the first episode, you're not going, hey, how can I uh, quit my day job with this? Because bowling, you know, there are, I don't know, I guess there are shoemakers. There's, like I said, you could get the league to sponsor it maybe and give a coupon. I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff. And I just was one of those where I was like, I don't know why I went all curmudgeon on that. It's just a hyper-focused show that maybe has, who knows, uh, 40 to 100 people listening to it, if you count their cousins, and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, you don't have to make money with your podcast. It could just be a fun thing you do to create a community around the Rollaway Lanes Tuesday Night Bowling League. It doesn't always have to be true crime. It doesn't have to be 
empowering entrepreneurs, it could be the Tuesday night rollaway lanes bowling league. And you do it because you like bowling and you want to have fun. Absolutely do it. I wanted to bring up one other quick subject. I do a show every Saturday morning called Ask the Podcast Coach. If you want free podcast consulting, Saturdays at 1030 Eastern Standard Time, you can go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash live and ask your questions. And I've noticed kind of a trend lately, and I just wanted to hit this briefly, and that is you can talk yourself out of anything. Because I see people that, have I know people right now that have four episodes and they still will not launch their podcast and they've probably gone through the thing and you know had those hard questions answered and they're still for whatever reason kind of talking themselves out of actually going to the public and it might be that you worry what people will think of you uh maybe sometimes you worry about well what if I don't succeed well first you have to define what is success but you're worrying about what other people think about you. You're worried about being judged. And I'm here to tell you, if you've gone to any kind of department store, Walmart, Target, whatever it is, uh, you've been judged. The person behind you in line was looking at your, you've been judged. We get judged all the time. Every TV show, somebody's going home. They've been voted off. What it's, we all judge. Trust me, you're being judged. And whatever ideas you have, could truly make a difference in somebody's life. We think about, is it going to make a difference in the world? Quit focusing on the world. Quit focusing on yourself and what if people think I'm an idiot, and instead focus on your audience and the potential positive effects of others. Think about that one person who really needs to hear your content. I was helping somebody that was doing a show about people that were in the armed services transitioning to being just a regular civilian. And he had great content. And I was like, come on, jump in. The water's fine. And it just, it took a while to get him to jump in. And finally I found somebody, there was a woman in a car who was kind of having a, a spell. I'm not sure what the right word is here, but in the moment she was suffering from PTSD and I said, that person needs to hear your show. And he instantly sprung to action. So we can really talk ourselves out of it. And one of the things we we suffer from this lack of confidence because we're doing something new and yet we've done new things our entire life. And so what you can do is do something small and that could be like, okay, Today, I'm going to buy the Samson Q2U microphone, and then tomorrow, I'm going to plug it in. And then the day after that, I'm going to download Audacity. And the day after that, I'm going to actually record my voice for the first time. You just do little baby steps. Instead of trying to jump into the deep end of the pool, let's slowly dip our toe in a little bit. And that will build up your confidence, and that confidence gives you the ability to go deeper into your your comfort zone or get out of your comfort zone, I guess you could, you could say. And we convince ourselves that we can do this. We also mentally often convince ourselves that it doesn't matter. And yet many times on the show, I have people do what are called because of my podcast stories. 
If you have one, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and just, it's simply answer this question. Because of my podcast, blank. This happened, right? And it wouldn't have happened except, well, I had a podcast. So it, it does matter. Your podcast and your voice does matter. And I just keep seeing people that are listening to the voice in their head and they're talking themselves out of actually launching their podcast. And I'm here to tell you, it's a running gag on this show. No one's going to punch you in the face. If they don't like your show, they don't like your show. And for the record, not everybody's going to like your show. So if you've been thinking of launching a podcast for weeks, months, maybe even years, reach out to me. I'll be happy to get in the pool. We can put on a nice set of water wings on you, and I will scream jump, and I will catch you when you jump into the podcasting pool because I see people that are overthinking many things. Should I do audio or video uh, audiograms? Well, I don't know. Try one and then try the other one. No one's going to punch you in the face. Well, should I do... Uh, should I export my show in mono or stereo? I don't know. Try both. Nobody's going to punch you in the face. We like to overthink things because what we're trying to do is find a reason to not do the show. We're nervous about it. We're nervous about looking stupid and things like that. And I'm just not going to let you do that. I'm not going to let you put out a show where you sound stupid. I'm going to advise you to not buy things that, well, you don't need. So quit talking yourself out of that podcast that you've been thinking about for a while. And if you've been thinking about it for a while, it's because you probably really want to do it, which probably means you have something to say. And I, along with the rest of your audience, want to hear it. I do want to thank everyone who's been going out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. It's always nice to see from my email that, hey, someone has uploaded a new file to the question of the month. And of course, if you don't want to record your episode, you can actually just go there, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question, and just click on a button and record it there. It doesn't have to be super fancy schmancy. But uh, as I look up at the clock, guess what? We are done because that's all I had today. And I could say, well, I normally do a 45-minute show. I got 31 minutes worth of stuff to talk about today, and we're done. So thank you so much. If you want more information, you can check out the description. It has all the things we talked about today, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 832. And if you want to check out my back catalog, schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. And I have all the links there for Apple, Google, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. That was last week's episode. We talked about why aren't you listed in all the directories when you're trying to grow your audience, put your show there. Everything is there. The old episodes, the newsletter, the resources, it's all there. One place, schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks so much for tuning in until next week. Take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. Myself and Joe Salsi High did an episode on this. Joel, did I just say Joel? It's Joe. I think Joel is his evil twin. Joe Salsi High. See, there's a Saul in there. You get that L in there, it tricks you up.
I'm finally interviewing Tamson Webster this week. Webster. You know what is Webster? Um, For some reason, I thought, oh, geez, Louise. Oh, COVID fog, mommy. But she was suffering like a PST. um, Oh, the bed. I can't talk today. 